Hello, welcome to Guide to the Unknown. I'm Kristen. I'm William. And who's ready to get scared? Who? Us. Speak up. And maybe the people at home. <laughs> yeah, with any luck. Yeah. Uh, welcome back, everybody. Guide to the Unknown is a show that comes out every Friday on all major podcast apps. There's a YouTube version where you can actually watch what's going on with visual aids. Uh, Chris and I sit down and talk about spooky things together. That's right. Uh, all right. Chrissy. And I'm going to kick off the jam. I have another mini monster madness that's not a monster just kind of a mini story a mini nugget of trivia for you to bring up at a very weird specific cocktail party actually no a nugget of trivia for to bring up at your next murder mystery dinner Ooh! oh man those need to come back in style oh totally well they just they just did one on real housewives of new york this season oh they did yeah it was great Uh, cool Mm -hmm. dorinda was the killer that's not a thing that people do like for a dinner party i don't know i mean there was a company that does it so i I was in it i was in a company that did murder mystery dinner well but like there's yes you were but there was uh, like a company that like goes to people's houses and like does it there you know what i mean like they had what you think of as a murder mystery dinner thing like at their home huh okay with actors and stuff yeah williams was more of a mystery uh dinner a murder mystery dinner theater where people just observed like a play that was murder themed. Yeah, I played Frasier. Yeah, in a Cheers themed murder mystery dinner. I was Frasier Crane. Yeah. <laughs> it was really fun and like they're, they're yeah. still going strong. Yeah. It's without awesome. a queue if you're in like the Philly, New Jersey area. Yeah. They're really great. I yep. did it for one season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so this is something for you to talk about at your murder mystery dinner party, which you should book. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about the origins of the um, board game Clue. Ooh, that's interesting. Just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. cool. I decided to look it up in case there was more there. Yeah. There wasn't, but there was enough that was interesting that I thought that would stick it in the beginning here. Awesome. Yeah, I love the sound of that. Yeah. Okay, so Clue was originally invented by a guy named Anthony Pratt in 1944, and its original name was just Murder. Oh, really? With an exclamation point, yep. And then um, Anthony sold the patent to Waddington's, a uh, card and board game company in the UK. Um, And they changed the name of the game to Cluedo, which is, I believe, what it's still called now there. I'm familiar with that. I'm familiar with the idea of Cluedo. Yeah, and it's the same thing. It's a portmanteau of Clue, the word Clue, and Ludo, which in Latin means I play. Oh, really? So it's a very highbrow name. It is. Yeah. It's weird. I know. Even like, I know that it's still called Cluedo mm-hmm. um, to this day. Yep. But it feels like Clue is a much more natural name. That I know. I'm, I'm, Cluedo I'm surprised is weird. they didn't like. Drop the dough. Yeah. Drop the, the Ludo. I guess if you're familiar with it, like, Where's Waldo is still Where's Wally. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know and that. And it's Oué Charlie in French. Oh, yeah. fun. Yeah, so I've got my own headcanon that his name is uh, 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 Charlie. Wally Charles Waldo. Yeah, I was going to say Charlie Waldo. Yeah. It's a good name. I kind of yeah. like it. Um, so then around the same time it was licensed to Waddington's, it was licensed in America to Parker Brothers, who changed the name to Clue. Nice. And that's why it's called Clue here. And there are just a couple of differences. Um, the original concept had everybody with color names, like red, gray, whatever. And then um, they decided to make them a little bit more su- subtle in the color difference world. And um, the characters who transferred over from the original game to the new one with new names, so they still had like a little bit of the same feel as the previous ones were um nurse white became mrs white 
Okay. And Colonel Yellow became Colonel Mustard, oh, which wow. I think is a very good change. I thought you were talking Colonel about trying to Yellow. downplay the colors, like not having Colonel Mustard, because that's obviously on the nose yellow. No, no, no. But Colonel Yellow is bad. No, the names were just straight up like Mrs. Gray, Mr. Brown, whatever. Like oh, they wow. weren't like that plum. directly. Yes, it was just a color name. Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. That's bizarre. So they made it slightly more subtle. Yeah. And still in the UK version, Mr. Body is Dr. Black. Ooh. Mm hmm. Which I like. Yeah, I like that too. Although I yeah. do also like Mr. Body. I love and Mr. It's Body. B-O-D-D-Y. Yep. Which is cool. Wink, yeah. wink. So that's it. That's my mini monster. I guess the Lovely. killer is the monster in this situation. And whoever the killer is would be miniature because it's a board game. Yeah. So sure. mini monster madness. Very cool. Yeah. You know, they're remaking the movie Clue. I do. Now with Ryan Reynolds. I do. I do. Okay. Yeah, I know. So I guess I'll get my <laughs> lead pipe. <laughs> I'm concerned. Nice <laughs> to meet you, Miss Scarlet. Call me Colonel Kissy. Ew. I don't know. He's gross. I know he's gross. He's gross and he's just doing an Ace Ventura impression for his whole life. I know, which is insane to me. Maybe he'll respect the source material enough to turn it down a little bit. Uh, there's not even really clue. source material, I know. though. Out like, of clue. Um, the movie Clue. I hope they're not actually remaking the movie Clue. I think they're probably not. I'm sure um, it's not. Yeah. The movie Clue, that VHS tape of Clue that you and I watched all the time when we were kids, because there was this version of Clue that was an interactive board game where there was a VHS tape that you'd watch and like play and pause to, that kind of like played into the story. And Will and I would just straight up just watch the VHS tape like it was awesome. all the time. It was yeah, awesome. I remember being kind of brutal. I would like too. to find it. Again, yeah. I'm sure it's available online. I'm yeah, it's like definitely not it. like at home or anything. So we would have come across it. But yeah, um, yeah. that's rad. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, I really cool. want um, in theory, I don't know if I'm going to end up doing it, but I had a really cool idea for tattoos of all the clue weapon things like all the pieces. But the thing is, I just don't know if I want like a lead pipe. <laughs> tattoo, you know what I mean? Um, I mean, as long as it has enough like. I know, but it. like, how much can you zhuzh up a lead pipe? Like, I was thinking about it's getting them the on my, my forearm, like, yeah. with my little mystery um, magnifying glass. It'd be like a whole mystery theme on my forearm, but I just don't know. I haven't pulled the trigger on it yeah. yet, so to speak. Hmm. I've been thinking of getting a Wadsworth tattoo on my back, but, you know. A Wadsworth back piece? Yeah, that's right Tim, on. That's who Tim Curry plays <laughs> yeah. in uh, the movie. Anyway, he's a butler. <laughs> he's, yeah. He's not originally found in and the game. And he's the bomb. Yeah. All right. Um, now on to broader topics. Yes. Uh, Kristen, I think you're going first this time. Am I? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Let's see. I declare it. So. Oh, that's right. That's right. I am. Okay. Now it shall be. Yes. All right. <laughs> so, William, in other kind of like cozy mystery hmm. kind of news, well, not news, but story topic, William, what do you know about the disappearance of Agatha Christie? The Oh, wow. Interesting. I think we... Maybe we talked about it a little bit mm -hmm. on our old show, Book Club Schmuck Club. Yes, I think so. Probably just mentioned in passing because yep. we were doing like, and then there were none. Yep. One of my favorite books. Yep. I don't know that I, I don't think I know anything. I know that Heart she sweet. disappeared. That's, yeah. That's all I can tell you. Uh, let me break it down. <laughs> okay. So what happened was that um, in, sorry, somebody called me. Okay. So in 1926, I'm going to take you to, Kind of the end middle, and then bring it back. Oh, like wow. a good movie or a TV show. Yeah, you're the Quentin Tarantino. That's right. Of mystery telling. That's right. I love feet. Um, so, <laughs> on December fourth, nineteen twenty-six, Agatha Christie's car was found abandoned an hour's drive from her house. It wasn't like it was turned over. It didn't appear to be any sort of accident. It was just driven off the road, and she wasn't there, and nobody knew where she was. Huh. She's found at a fancy health spa. Weeks later. Weeks later? Yes. 
So what happened? Yeah. Zoom to the beginning. So Agatha Christie was, well, I guess zoom a little bit to the middle. So in, in general about this case, when this happened, it was a huge deal because she was insanely famous. Like yeah. there were tons of headlines about this and everything. It was a huge, huge mystery, which goes right in keeping with her. So her deal was that she was married and her husband, Archie, was in the military. Archie? I know. Archie Christie. That's a great name. Isn't it a great, strong name? Yeah. I love it. Archie and Agatha, too, is like a really good couple name. Yeah. But that wasn't enough to sustain them. Oh, no. Okay, so Archie went off to war. And while Agatha was home by herself, she started writing her novels and everything. And they just got super popular. Like, she wrote one, and the next one was more popular. The next one, the next one, it just kept building up until she was like an insanely famous, well-respected author. Yeah. So um, they had a daughter. I'm not sure whether that happened when he came back permanently from war or like, you know, in the midst of it or whatever. Um, Archie became a stockbroker when he came back. Agatha was obviously super wealthy and, you know, famous by this point. So they had like a humongous mansion that they lived in. And it seemed like they had like kind of a sweet, idyllic life. But then Agatha's mom died and her mom lived like um, driving distance away, but not super, not super close, but not like insanely far away. Yeah. So um, her mom died and Agatha was like completely distraught, like really, really super depressed. And she and her, their daughter, Rosalind, went to the mother's house, which is also like a humongous house. Because I think maybe Agatha came for money too, oh, okay. from what I gathered. Yeah. Um, to start like, you know, packing up her things and settling affairs and all that kind of stuff. But because she was so depressed, she was kind of like miring herself in it. So she was staying at the house for like long periods of time, just like really like sinking into that depression, basically. Yeah. Um, so then in the midst of that, Archie came to visit them at the house, at her mother's house. And he told her that he wanted a divorce. So it seems like they had been having problems before her mom died and everything. But it just really brought things to a head. Cause I think that her period of mourning this depression lasted a long time. Yeah. So in the midst of it, he comes to the house and says that he wants a divorce and tells her that he has been seeing someone. He has a mistress named Nancy Neal. Wow. What's with all these names? They're like out of a comic book. I know they're like Nancy drew like names, not just cause I said Nancy. I feel like they're like yeah. cute names. Yeah. Like Nancy Neal, Archie Christie. Christy. Yeah. They're great. These are great names. I know it's perfect. Um, so she's like, hell no. I'm not getting a divorce. We're not doing this. And I'm going to move back home and we're going to like work on and try to save the marriage. So um, people said that it seemed like she was, so she was not traditional in a lot of ways um, because she was like, you know, be like a successful woman who's really ambitious at that time was like a little bit unusual. So she at least had like a little bit of a, um, an unconventional spirit to her, but she was very conventional about marriage. So she almost just wanted to be like, keep seeing Nancy Neal, like do what you got to do, but we are staying married. Like we're wow. not like ending this marriage. Okay. So she came home and, um, it's just like not going well, basically. And one night Archie says like, I'm, I'm going, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm going to a party for the weekend and takes his bag and leaves. And Agatha's really upset and everything. And then later that night at about 9.30, Agatha packs a bag. She leaves a note for her secretary saying, cancel all my plans for the weekend. Leaves a note for Archie, which we still don't know what it said. Huh. And disappears. Wow. And so she's gone for weeks, like I said. Um, so they find her car the next day. Somebody just notices an abandoned car somewhere and they're like, what's the deal? Oh man, it's Agatha Christie's. Oh man, Agatha Christie is missing. And the press was like all 
over it. Of so course. yeah, I mean, mystery writer goes missing. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. I wonder if she, to some extent, uh, is like, you know what? I'm going to do something that's like in the vein of what I always do, create a puzzle. Well, those are the theory. There are a couple of theories around what happened because we still don't know for sure. Cool. Like what the deal is. Yeah. Um, so obviously the press was like all over it and start doing a lot of digging into their lives to figure everything out. Um, the police are also obviously all over it. And so they question Archie about like where he was last night and like, so why were you not at home with your wife and you were at a weekend party? Like they put together that obviously their yeah. marriage wasn't in great shape. Yeah. The press puts together that Nancy Neal was a thing. Wow. And so now Archie is the number one suspect and they're assuming either murder or suicide that maybe oh. Agatha was like distraught over the end of her marriage right. and may have killed herself yeah. or something. So they do a huge search. They drag a lake that's like near where her car was found. They do like you see in TV and movies and real life, obviously, but like had like the community was out like searching through the woods with dogs and like sticks and stuff, like looking through things. Um, and eyewitnesses start coming forward to say that they have seen her. Like over the, you know, over the period of this, these weeks, not just like one day or something. So somebody says that they came across her um, with her car. Like her car was broken down and she was just by it. And she was wearing only a very thin dress, even though it was very cold outside. And just sitting by the car, which was having trouble. So the guy helped her and kind of fixed the car and got it back up and running. And it got started. And so she drove away. But she drove away in the opposite direction from where they found her car. <laughs> Okay. So that's kind of confusing. Yeah. Um, people who worked at a train station said that they saw her come up and go to the train station and they think that she may have boarded a train. Like they saw her in the area. So it would like stand a reason. Maybe she got on a train. And that's why we can't find her. She is like, where's Waldo? Yeah. Yeah. You're seeing like Agatha Christie pop up in her thin nightgown, yeah. like all over this small town. Wait, Christie. Yeah. What? Uwe Charlie. Uwe, oh. <laughs> I don't have Uwe Charlie deep enough in my head to have remembered that that was Get the thing. That was the, that was the first time I had heard it's of that. It's nice and it's fun to say. Uwe Charlie. Uwe Charlie. Yeah. I do like that. Yeah. It feels good. Um, so then, you know, weeks are going by. They still haven't found her. And they're getting tips and things like that. And they finally get a tip that she's booked into this fancy, like, hotel slash spa. Like a place where you could stay for a while. I almost yeah. wonder if it's almost like a retreat that right. you would think of now, basically. Um, and she's booked there under the last name Neil, which is the oh, mistress's last name. Bam. So the... That's insp- yeah, all right. I think fell. Okay. It's all good. Um, it was Agatha. Maybe. She's like his last Spirit name. Of Agatha. Yeah. Um, so the inspector brings Archie up to the spa. And basically, like, it seems like when they first get there, they're in the lobby. And Agatha Christie comes through the lobby. So they see each other. And Agatha is just like... Oh, Archie, dear brother. I didn't su- expect to see you here. And it's referring to Archie as her brother. Oh. Weirdly. And they're like, uh. Was she weird? I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't. There's nothing in your research about whether or not Agatha Christie was, was a big weird weirdo. in general. Yeah, not really. <laughs> Where's weirdo? <laughs> it seems like. Yeah. It seems like all this was very strange and out of character. Yeah, yeah. So I don't. I don't know. So he's like. Uh, I'm your husband, Archie. And she's like, oh, dear brother, come for a foot soak or whatever. <laughs> so um, he's like, why don't we go upstairs and talk to your room? So they go to the room and they're there for like a long time. And again, just like her leaving that note for him, nobody knows what they talked about in sure. that time. The end result was that, you know, he brought her home, that they ended up getting divorced. Oh. Um, and they never commented publicly about their dis- her disappearance. 
So, like I said, they got divorced. They went their separate ways. Archie ended up marrying Nancy. And Agatha ended up marrying an archaeologist, which I think is a very sweet, cool thing for a mystery mystery writer to have married. for sure. Um, Both into, like, you know, digging things and finding out stuff. So um, his name was Max Malawan. Come on. um, At least it's alliterative. I think it's still pretty good. I might be pronouncing it wrong. Max Malawan. I don't know. Maxwell Malawan. Yeah, it's a good name, right? <laughs> it's good. It's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. It's a mouthful. Um, who, and he later became a knight. Wow. Yeah, for his archaeology pursuits, I guess. That's wild. And so apparently um, both Archie and Agatha separately had long, happy marriages. Uh-huh. They co-parented Rosalind Find. Find Rosalind Find. Yeah. And um, it all worked out. Huh. So what happened to Agatha? What was up with that? The press... Latched onto the idea that she had amnesia. She had gotten gotten amnesia and was just wandering around, not knowing that she was Agatha Christie, basically. But it doesn't make a lot of sense, no, basically. So yeah. here are the two main realistic theories. Realistic, if not a stretch. Um, a fugue state, huh. like um, like Walter White yeah, in Breaking Bad. So that she that night at, the, at her house when Archie left and said he was going to a party for the weekend, that they had had a fight, and it was pretty obvious to her that this, if it was not actually articulated, which it may have been, it was pretty obvious to her, like, this is the end. Like, this marriage is not getting saved, basically. Yeah. And that her depression, which she was already kind of in from her mom dying, and maybe just naturally, who knows, took on a level of psychosis to yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, pressure building, yeah. stress mount- mounting. Right. Yeah. Okay. So she left the house and that she wasn't herself. Like yeah. she was in her right mind. She almost took on like another identity, another life. Like she may have been living in that hotel spa retreat thinking her name was like Agatha Neal. I mean, or she just wasn't thinking straight. Like, yes. Yeah. That was a, but that was a specific theory that yeah. she like took on another life. So a fugue state. But the most fun theory, obviously, awesome. that I would prefer to believe yeah. was that she plotted this from the start using the mediums she was most familiar with, revenge and mystery. Yeah. So that uh, checking in using the last name Neil was kind of like a wink and oh, a middle yeah. finger to Archie. And a clue. Yes, and a clue. Yeah. And that she was just like sitting. So I watched um, an Unsolved Mysteries episode about this, unsurprisingly. I'd seen it when I was a kid in a million times. Yeah. And then I refound it when I was researching this. And it shows Agatha in bed, like, sipping tea and just reading newspapers about, like, Archie being the main suspect in her murder and, like, loving it. Oh, yeah, good call. Because if, if so he was the like, main suspect, she's watching this yeah, all play out Yeah, and she's like, how delicious. She was the original <laughs> Gone Girl. She was the original Gone Girl. She was the, maz- the amazing Agatha. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. She was the amazing Agatha. Yeah. No spoilers for Gone Girl, but those of you who know, no, no, of of course not. Yeah. Um, So yeah, so she was just like delighting watching Archie go through the ringer. Yeah, yeah. And that's it. That's wonderful. Yeah. I bet it was super fun. Oh, if that's the case, which it could be. Like, I don't know a lot about her personal life. I don't know if she was like a messy bee who would like to stir up drama like that. Messy bee. I know how messy Agatha Christie was and petty. Yeah, yeah. But if she was, then I'm inclined to go with that option because that's awesome. For sure. Even just the idea that she was super duper famous and she went missing, regardless of how she went missing, and people are like citing her and sharing the stories, being like, no, I saw her. I saw her at the train station. Mm -hmm. It's got to be super fun to be that famous and be like, you know what? I'm going to go under the radar. I'm out. I'm going to disappear. And it's probably super fun to like be somewhere and see somebody clocking you and being yep. like, are you 
Yeah. And then just kind of give like a ride. Then go into the shadows. Yeah. Well, I also like the idea that she kind of like, those people who spotted her, she did that intentionally yeah. as like little clues and red herring. Right. So like that Agatha was like shivering out there in only her thin dressing gown. So that guy came around and then she acted like a little weird and loopy and like got into her car and like raised an eyebrow and smiled to herself while she was driving away. Yeah. All satisfied. Yeah, exactly. And then same deal at the train station. She was like, can I get a ticket? Like swooning and then gets on the train like all perfect. Yeah. And it's like, hmm. You've pulled it off again, old girl. <laughs> yeah. That's like what Santa does. When you see him and he's putting presents under the tree and he gives you that wry smile <laughs> and he touches his nose and goes up the chimney, that's what he's doing. He's having a ball. <laughs> so she's pulling a Santa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and she did give us many literary gifts. She really did. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. That's That's really weird and cool. I know. I love that story. I saw in London, I want to say that I saw there was like a thing that was like a, a little tribute to Agatha Christie outside, mm-hmm. maybe like a little statue or a plaque or something yeah. about where she worked. And it was, it was cool. I just wanted to hang out there for a yeah. couple of seconds. Allie and I had gone to see Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Ugh, we were God, walking around the block. What a good trip. Oh, it was great. And you went to two twenty one B Baker Street. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was it was uh, like tributes to to mysteries of, yeah. of days long past. Yeah, it was wonderful. That's awesome. It was really cool. What movie is where it's like future days of future past? What is that? X Men. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Should have killed me when you had the chance. When you had the chance. Which it, is is it that one though? I think that's. Uh, it's the original X Men, or maybe Day- X Men Two is okay. where Magneto is, says. No, that. no, but that isn't Days of Future Past, like one of the newer ones, like with yeah, like kind of. Yeah. Jennifer Lawrence or whatever. Yes. So Magneto didn't do that in that. But he is in it. There's a there's well, a very sad moment of uh, uh, Magneto and Professor Xavier, mm-hmm. played by Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart, where Ian McKellen goes like, all oh, this time wasted, <laughs> all these years fighting. And yeah. It's like these two old men have a friendship. <laughs> I, I don't sweet. remember that they're in there. Yeah, I, oh, I they're love in them. The I love those original X-Men movies. Yeah. They're so good. Um, okay. So, Kristen. William. My topic for the evening is yeah. sort of a, a smorgasbord. Great. It's, it's a few things wrapped up in one. Okay. Uh, the, is it wrapped up in a sleeping bag? What? I thought I saw something on your phone. I might be wrong. Yeah, you're wrong. Okay. <laughs> There's nothing about sleeping bags in my notes. I thought it said scary sleepovers. No, the word scary is in there, though. Okay. Scary sleepovers. <laughs> you're, you're, you're out of your mind. <laughs> The day that this episode <laughs> drops, oh my god, it's going to be the last Friday the 13th of the year 2018. William, what is your topic? Show me right now. This could be crazy. Let me see it. Okay, Scary no. superstitions. Because I, the reason I was like, this could have been a very weird show, because we used to check in with each other, or we no, we'd check in with Allie, we would tell Will's wife, Allie, both of our topics to make sure it wasn't the same thing. I was watching a bunch of Friday the 13th episode, or episodes, movies this week. So then last night, when I was trying to figure out what to do, I was like, well, I already talked about Jason and the whole lore in one of the early episodes. So I was looking up, like, scary camp stories, scary summer stories, and I couldn't, like, land on anything that felt right. So it'd be so weird if that was what you had done. Well, I considered doing that, actually, because I think when we talked about Jason Voorhees, we really primarily talked about Pamela Voorhees, his mom. We went into a lot of Jason stuff, though. Oh, but there's more. Uh, no, I know. But Jason still. could still sustain a show. Believe you. All right, me. I would like to. I'm like really in a Friday the 13th mood right now. I know you are. Did you ever watch the third one? No, I got off track. No? But I might tonight. All right, if I yeah. don't go to see the Whitney Houston documentary by myself on a Friday night. Huh. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with going to the movies by yourself. I've done it quite no, a lot. No, me too. But just on a Friday night feels weird to me. Nah. It just feels like it's going to be date night and then like one for Whitney. I think it's only weird if you show up and you're holding like a Whitney Houston record. And you're like the ultimate fan, and you like are carrying a rose to leave in the theater. So like you're, you know, out of your mind. 
you're like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, I went sort of the opposite route. Cool. Just staying in the realm of superstitions. You and I did an episode previously about the number 13, which I believe was released on Friday the 13th. I think it was, yeah. The other Friday the 13th of the year 2018. Mm -hmm. So this time I decided to look at what are some of the other superstitions, the big superstitions out there and try to find out the origin. Great. So this is basically like, Five mini monsters awesome. is what I've got for you because they're all like shorter stories, yeah. But they're all superstitions that you're familiar with, yeah. And you may not understand why they even exist in the first place. Sweet, that's kind of like the black cat thing from last week. Yeah, yeah. a little bit, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, I wanted to actually also figure out what a superstition is, like how it would be described by somebody mm. else. You know? Yeah. So uh, on Wikipedia, they say that it's a belief or practice that's considered irrational. Which I don't know if I would have phrased it exactly like that. No, me neither. I feel like there's more to it than just that. It's like... There is. There's a lot more hanging on it than it just being a belief or practice. Like a superstition is kind of like, I would think either like preventing something from happening yeah, or trying to get it to. True. But yeah. even that's based on the fact that it's like a belief you have that is irrational. Because it's well, like... Well, yes, There but... are a lot of sports mm-hmm. superstitions where it's like, no, I've got to be sitting in my easy chair right. where the Giants aren't going to win. Right. And it's like, so there are a lot of rituals that people develop for themselves being like, well, the outcome of this thing mm-hmm. will be positive if I go through the the steps of like, I have to be wearing this jersey yeah. and I have to be sitting there and we have to have this for dinner. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And in 1948, behavioral psychologist B.F. Skinner. Mm-hmm. Good name. You've never heard of B.F. Skinner? Boof Skinner. Boofs. Um, I don't know. Tell me more about him. I Best don't know. friend Skinner. Boyfriend yeah. <laughs> Skinner. Uh, he was a behaviorist, behaviorologist. Okay. I can't think of the word right now. Anyway, he thinks that he discovered um, uh, superstitious behavior in pigeons. Oh. He had basically been trying to, to you know, uh, uh, almost like with... Uh, the studies of dogs, mm-hmm. right? Like the Pavlovian responses. I'm going to uh, provide this stimulus, you're going to give that reaction, and I can make that happen. Now. Right. Except what he was noticing in his pigeons is that they would start doing loopy stuff, like swinging their necks around, <laughs> because they think, well, the last time food came, I was swinging my neck around. Oh. So therefore, when I swing my neck around, food's on the way. So he thought, his theory anyway, looking at the behavior of these pigeons, yeah. doing weird stuff. Yeah. He was like, they're expecting food right. because they're doing this. So it's like the opposite of a Pavlovian response. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Although, I mean, at the same rate, well, it's, it's still same, a Pavlovian response. It's just not a... It's almost it's like the other side of the same coin, basically. Yeah, yeah. it's a misremembered thing, which like Molly does that, the dog. She, uh, uh, our dog, uh, Molly, she barks at the TV whenever mm-hmm. there's an animal on it, whatever. Yeah. And bit by bit, it's gotten crazier and crazier. It used to be that she'd bark whenever she saw an animal on TV. Yeah. Then she would bark whenever she saw something that looked kind of like an animal on now TV. Now it's anything that is a non-human entity. It's real Anything crazy. that has sentience that isn't a human. Well, it's gotten even worse because now she actually tries to, because basically we think, we kept trying to be like, Molly, come here. And we'd give her... Um, she's in the room, so I'm not going to say the word, a T-R-E-A-T, mm-hmm. uh, to ignore the television. And so she was learning, like, oh, if I bark at the TV, I get food. So she learned it the opposite way. Yeah. She didn't learn, like, oh, ignore the TV, it's all good. She learned, oh, if I woof, mm-hmm. they give me food. Yeah. So she started to bark at crazier and crazier stuff, and it's almost like a superstition now. Yeah. She barks at the Netflix logo. <laughs> it's been walked back so insanely far. Sometimes I turn on the TV and she barks at it. Yeah. I have not given her food yeah. for barking at the TV in legitimately at least a year. Yeah. It is 
not a thing anymore. It's taken on and a life of its own. she still does it because she believes that she's going to get food for Yeah, it. she loves it's it. It's a superstition. Anyway, that's awesome. There are also a lot of uh, uh, people who say that B.F. Skinner is wrong. Mm-hmm. That like that's not what he was observing in the pigeons. Uh-huh. But I think that that's an interesting... I think it makes sense. Yeah, an that, interesting That result. sounds right to me. Yeah. Do you have any superstitions? I do, and I'm going to be talking about one of them. Okay. Uh, it's not really a superstition I still have. It's something I remember us doing as kids. Mm-hmm. So you know what? Why don't I just talk about that first? Because sure. I think that we both used to do it a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kristen and I grew up in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. In a town called Redding, Connecticut. Yeah, baby. Um, and uh, I remember distinctly, we'd be in the car, and we would drive past a cemetery. Mm-hmm. And I don't even remember how it started. Yeah. For us, personally. Yeah. But we would hold our breath. I think that's a common thing. It is. Yeah. It is. But I don't understand how we learned yeah. about it. You know what I mean? It's like anything. It's like, how do kids learn about things? True. You know? And na 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 Right. Who yeah. teaches them that? Doing the rumba. They just know. Yep. Yeah. Dancing. Like, yeah, the rumba. Yeah. yeah. The, every child knows the rumba. Right. Um, but so what we would do is we'd hold our breath driving past the cemetery. Mm-hmm. And the variation I knew was you don't, you don't exhale mm-hmm. until you've driven past a white house. Mm-hmm. You remember that? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I, that's not that's not like the thing within this all the time. That's is it a thing though? I Did guess. you find it anywhere? No, I didn't yeah. find it in my research, but yeah. it must be. I mean, maybe we just decided to up the ante for ourselves. It's almost like I feel like a lot of uh, this sort of like passed on knowledge, these superstitions. Mm-hmm. It's almost like having an accent. It's like this is the one that we do here. Yeah. How do you do oh, it? Oh, totally. Uh, you know, in the Midwest. Yes. Whatever. Yeah, it's like I mean, it's, it's a stupid example, but it's like how they call pork roll Taylor ham or whatever, like in North right. Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Uh, so here are some of the reasons why you should hold your breath driving past the cemetery. Dead people particles. Uh, yeah. One of yeah. them, kind of. Not not biologically, like you're gonna breathe <laughs> right. in someone's ashes. Yeah. But that you might be inhaling the dead spirits. Yeah. Of that area. Yes, of course. Which is crazy. Yeah. It didn't ever occur to me that like a ghost is vapor. It didn't occur to me that you could inhale a ghost. Oh, totally. That's why I was holding my breath. Really? Yeah. That's, you that, just don't. Yeah. I'm not sure if I ever really thought about it because I can't. Yeah. I remember doing it. I don't remember I mean, the reason why now. Maybe maybe I don't either because I don't remember thinking to myself like, oh no, I got to hold my breath now. There's trouble. Yes. Like, but I guess I assume that that's kind of where. I remember. Yeah. I remember like realizing halfway past the cemetery that. Yeah. Oh no! I should have been crap. holding my breath already. Yeah, yeah. totally. Uh, but one of the reasons is that uh, uh, because you're alive and you are breathing, Ooh. you might make the spirits jealous. I love that. They might be angry. But I you. thought you were going to say that they could like steal your breath. Like if you're alive and breathing, they could kind of steal your essence from you yeah, and I, make you not be breathing. I don't know about that. Yeah. Really. Yeah. But it it's seems a cool like, idea. Uh, it seems like this particular superstition might be tied in mm-hmm. with sort of uh, the spiritual way that people used to think about breath is life. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You think of like the, the death rattle. Yeah. That like they say someone gives when they die. Mm-hmm. A lot of uh, different cultures believed that that was the spirit leaving your yeah. body. Um, but it's really just like your lungs collapsing, yeah. something horrific like that. Yeah. Um, but like breathing is the act of being alive. Mm-hmm. It's the same reason why some people say that you should cover your mouth when you yawn. Mm-hmm. Not only because it's you know, <laughs> polite, polite, and yeah. because you're like breathing on people. Yeah. But uh, because that's that's basically opening a door be holding for evil it in. spirits to come in. So you are blocking passageway. Really? For evil spirits. Yeah. That's awesome. Isn't that rad? That's awesome. Well, I guess I'll have to start covering my yawns. Yeah. I've been exhaling all, o- all over you chumps. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they also say- I'm kidding. I don't do that. Just to be clear. That uh, in the Bible, God breathed life into Adam. Uh-huh. 
So also suggesting that, yeah. you know, breath is life. It yeah. gives life. Yeah. Um, this could mean that God imbued Adam with life, with a life force, a soul or spirit through the mouth. Mm -hmm. So you got to be careful. Mm -hmm. uh, so holding your breath past the cemetery. Yeah. You don't want to let evil stuff in. It's just a smart practice. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's go to a kind of like less impressive one now. Uh, the four leaf clover. Oh, okay. Yeah. The reason why that's believed to be a, uh, a sort of... Uh, Good luck. Know. Yeah, good yeah. luck charm. Uh, there are like a lot of early references of the fact of like four-leafed grass, mm -hmm. stuff like that. Uh, from the 1600s, um, it was said to be good for children. For good whatever for reason. them? Yeah, <laughs> like it was to weird. Eat? Yeah. Uh, a description from 1869 says that four-leafed clovers were, quote, gathered at nighttime during the full moon by sorceresses. That's sweet. Who mixed it with vervain, which is like a purpley kind of uh -huh. flowery plant, and other ingredients, while young girls in search of a token of perfect happiness made quest of the plant by day. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, I like both of those. I'd want to do both. Yeah. <laughs> I want to do cool witchy stuff by the moon and be happy. <laughs> you got to sleep at some time. Yeah. <laughs> Not I. No. Um, some folk traditions assign a different attribute to each leaf of a clover. The first leaf represents hope. The second stands for faith. The third is for love. And the fourth leaf brings luck to the finder. Oh, I like that. Now, four leaf clovers, evidently there's like, they grow. There's like one four leaf clover mm -hmm. for every 5,000 clovers yeah. that grow. Yeah. So they're not super common, but they're not right. crazy uncommon. Right. Uh, there are a lot of people that have collections of four-leaf clovers. Yep. Uh, I read a thing where it was like, the record for collecting four-leaf four clovers in a single day is 164. Like, in a single day? What were they doing? I don't know. I was like, I get it. Like, if you got your thing, that's your thing. You're going to yeah. do it. But that just seems like a... Ooh, that seems like a rough day to me. Strange Can you how tired your eyes would be? Oh, exhausted. Oh. Exhausted. I have um, a four-leaf clover at home that's in a little picture frame, basically, that's from our grandma's shadow box that I have. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. It's awesome. It's this little heart picture frame with like a very old four-leaf clover in it. That's very nice. Mm -hmm. I, had a, uh, I had a temp working for me once who gave me on like boss's day or something, she gave me a, um, a pressing of a four leaf clover laminated for like good luck. That's nice. Yeah, I thought it was very sweet. Yeah. I still have it. Yeah. Um, so four leaf clovers are not the, the, the cap though. You mm -hmm. can have a five leaf clover, six leaf. Clover. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, they huh. exist. They're even more rare. It's your extra lucky if you find that, but they exist. So the purpose of those leaves like faith, yeah. hope, all that stuff, a fifth leaf represents money. Okay, so I'll take it. Get those five-leaf clovers. Yeah, everybody. give me that green. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there is no meaning as of yet for the sixth leaf that's, and above. That's weird. Yeah, isn't that strange? Some reports... They're so rare, they just didn't bother. Yeah. Some reports claim six to be fame and seven to be longevity, hmm. though the notion's origin is unknown. Uh, I love the idea that it's like some reports say as if it's been like Where scientifically are these tested. Yeah. yeah. Like I had a six leaf clover and would you believe it? I became famous. Yeah. I'm Brad Pitt. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> um, what if, okay, so that I'm just making this up. Okay. So four leaf clovers are rare. Five leaf clovers are really rare. Six leaf clovers. You can almost say those are unnatural. Maybe that sixth leaf is of the devil himself. Ooh. And if you find a six-leaf clover, that's not good luck anymore. That's bad luck. I love that idea. Isn't that sweet? I love that idea. Yeah. That's really cool. The six-fingered hand. Yeah, exactly. You know what that is, right? Yeah, sixes aren't good. You know what the six-fingered hand is? Uh, no. That's uh, uh, the devil playing a guitar. It's like for like the six-fingered, six-string bass or something like that. 
What do you, but what do you mean that's the devil playing a guitar? That's like the, that's why there are six strings on a guitar or a bass. Oh, or really? Because it was the devil's instrument. Something like that. That's sweet. Yeah, I can't claim that this is the absolute, re- I heard it mentioned yeah. on a podcast. Yeah. It was, it was said by a, like a musician. It's probably so true. I, that's I cool. It sounds it like a thing. sort of lore of mm-hmm. something, but I'm yeah. not really familiar with it. Guitar I, lore. Yeah, but yeah. it always stuck with me, right? Like that's the six sweet. fingered, the six string guitar for the six fingered devil. That's, is it a thing that the devil has six fingers? I don't know. That was the first and only before. time I'd ever heard of it, but I thought it was cool. That is cool. Yeah. I know about the cloven hooves, obviously. Ooh, four leaf cloven he has to hooves. Make, ooh, I guess he has to make for uh, make up for the lack of toes. <laughs> Since he has those hooves, so he might as well pop a sixth finger yeah, on there. I need some more phalanges. Yeah. A, little, a few more digits. Yeah. Are toes digits? Do the, does that count? Yeah, I think so. Kristen and I practiced uh, writing our names with our feet just mm-hmm. before we uh, started recording. We did a pretty good job, actually. Yeah, not, not too bad. If you're watching the yeah. YouTube version, this is me writing the word Willie. Yeah. And uh, here's Kristen writing the word Kristen. Yeah, it's discernible. I think if you knew what you were looking for, then you might know that we wrote that. If you didn't know that those said Kristen and Willie, then it would just look like scribbles. Yep. Everybody out there, get a pen, put it between your big toe and second toe. That's the index toe. That's right. Practice signing your names and send it to us. You yep. can send them to @gttupod. I'd love to see uh, them. Put them in the Facebook group. I'd love to see what hidden messages they reveal. We want to see but... your foot signatures. I don't want to see your feet, though. So no. only take a picture of what the signature looks like. I don't want to see anyone's feet. I know I made a joke about being Quentin, Quentin Tarantino and loving feet before. It was just a joke. Leave your foot out of the equation. I don't like feet. No. 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 I mean, I guess I don't, like, they're fine. I don't know. I don't like them. They don't come up besides my own very often. Yeah. We had a. I wouldn't want it. Like, if somebody said, do you want to look at a bunch of feet? I would say no. We had a we had a barbecue here, mm-hmm. and our uh, did you did you did you not care for the uh, shoes off of everybody or something? I was fine with it for everyone else. I was not comfortable with it for myself. So I was walking around with my shoes off. Mm-hmm. Our sister Lynn brought a uh, uh, like a wading pool yep. kind of thing, which was nice. It was a really hot oh, day. So good. Our real estate agent came. She wanted to have a picture of Allie and me standing in front of <laughs> Allie and my we, feet. We just bought a house, and I said, "You know what? Let's do it on a day where I'm not so sweaty and gross." And they were like, no, you look fine. And then they go, and then I said, let me put on some shoes. They said, no, don't worry about it. And then I did something that was very peculiar. Uh, I evidently... Waved with your foot in the picture? N- no, we're standing at the top of a staircase. Uh-huh. Our house has 13 steps. Yeah. 13 steps to, to the, the gallows, gallows. everybody. Uh, and uh, I was standing at the edge of the top step, and I was kind of gripping the step with my I toes. I was going to make a joke about that, and I was holding in so that I wouldn't interrupt yeah. you. Didn't realize it was a that's totally so weird. unconscious act. I saw the photo after, and I went, yeah, that's fine, but I was staring right at my feet. It was like my big toe I grabbing am... on for balance. For dear life. I Hate imagine it. it'll Hate be it. cropped. Hate it. Anyway, breaking a mirror. Yep. On to the next superstition. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one I thought was like really kind of quaint very cool the idea that broken mirrors can bring bad luck which by the way what would you say you're familiar with the broken mirror thing as being what's at stake i think you get bad luck for seven years very good yeah Yeah. exactly seven Mm -hmm. years yeah uh and some of that seems to be because there was a belief by the greeks or the romans Mm -hmm. that uh your life renews itself every seven years yeah seven is a very magically powerful number yeah i want to know more about why someday but i don't know um so it maybe comes from the ancient Greeks who believed that spirits lived 
in reflecting pools of water. Oh, that's cool. And you can tie it, therefore, to yeah. the legend of Narcissus. Yep. Who became so infatuated with his, with his own reflection mm-hmm. that he eventually fell face forward and drowned yep. observing himself. So the basic idea here mm-hmm. is that your soul is in the reflective glass of a mirror. Yeah. And if you crack it, you are damaging your soul. That's sweet. Yeah. So you're breaking your soul. It'll take seven years to repair itself. That's not quaint. That's badass. During those seven years, your broken soul <laughs> might not be enough to protect you from misfortune. That is Awesome! Isn't that one of the coolest things you've ever heard? I love that. I love it. The damaged soul itself brings down the bad luck as an act of revenge against the mirror breaker's carelessness. Ooh. Ooh, yikes. Isn't that great? Yeah. Uh, There are some antidotes, though. There's some counter superstitions to ward off this bad luck. Mm -hmm. Throw salt over your shoulder. Yep. Which is also a thing for other forms of bad luck. Mm -hmm. Spin around three times in a counterclockwise direction. (laughs) Then you're going to fall on the pieces of broken mirror and hurt yourself more. (laughs) My leg! (laughs) You get dizzy and tip over. I did have bad luck. I did. (laughs) (laughs) Grind the mirror shards into a fine powder. Who has access to the means to be doing that? Well, I guess you could do it with a mortar and pestle. That's but like, exactly what I was thinking. But yikes. Yeah, but the idea is that now none of those shards can reflect a single thing. That's awesome. That cool. Gather the broken mirror pieces and submerge them in the waters of a south running stream. Oh, boy. Uh, this will wash away the bad luck after only seven hours rather than seven years. So Ooh, it's worth it. efficient. That's totally worth, worth finding it. a south running stream. Oh, yeah. Use flames to burn or blacken the mirror fragments, then bury them a year later. It's totally awesome. Siri, set a reminder for one year from now. Yeah, I was about to say, that's bury the a mirror. long game. You know which one. Yeah. Uh, take a piece of the broken mirror and touch it to a tombstone. Ooh. It'll immediately lift the curse. Oh my God, I love the broken mirror thing. Yeah, yeah. That's Very so cool. cool. I've never heard any of those. Yeah. Uh, Just touch it to a tombstone. I love it. Yeah. Just bink. Phew. Dunk. What a relief. fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got this. My soul is back together. Yeah. All right. Number four. Knocking on wood. Uh Uh-huh. Where does it come from? What are you familiar with that as being? I'm trying to think. Well, when you say something that you don't want to happen, you knock on wood to make it not happen. For like safety. I th- yeah, I think I know, but I don't remember. Okay. So one of the one of the ideas, this is like a hotly disputed thing. Mm-hmm. This might come from like basically nowhere. Who knows? Yeah. But here are some of the theories. I mean, this is all. You got to take yeah. all of this with a grain of sand, obviously. It's grain all, of sand? Is that not it? No, grain of salt. I always get that wrong. Really? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do. I <laughs> Really, I do. I do. No, I'm not kidding. I do. So, (laughs) one of the theories is that before Christianity and Islam came around to spoil the party with their rules of idolatry, this is (coughs) This is from Mental Floss, by the way. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Many pagan groups worshipped trees. Uh huh. Basically, that's the idea. They believed that uh, spirits of deities existed in trees. You, they worshipped nature Mm -hmm. and so uh uh, protecting yourself with a tree was basically having like a good godly spirit take away your bad luck take away your misfortune yeah um the first possible origin of knocking on wood is that it's a much more laid back version uh that uh pagan europeans raised to chase away evil spirits from their home and trees what? <laughs> what words are you saying? <laughs> this is very confusing. Hold on a minute. The first possible origin of knocking on wood is that it's a much more laid back version of the ruckus that pagan Europeans raised. Okay, okay, there we go. 
That's very confusing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Forget that one. That doesn't make sense. I'm going to stop reading that one. Well, how did they raise a ruckus? Just paraphrase. It doesn't say. Oh. They, uh, they chased away evil spirits from their home. Uh, and use trees to prevent them from hearing about and ruining a person's good luck. What? Okay, move on. Still doesn't really make sense to me. Yeah, whatever. Okay. <laughs> it made sense when I wrote that in my notes. Yeah. Maybe I even wrote that down wrong. Who knows? <laughs> well, I got a feeling that you did. <laughs> no, I'm just going to go ahead and say <laughs> I it. I think I did a great job. How <laughs> dare you? Uh, the other origin they suggested that some of these tree worshippers laid their hands on a tree when asking for favor from the spirits or gods that lived in them. Love that. Or Love did that. it after a run of good luck as a show of gratitude. Love this. To the supernatural powers. Mm-hmm. Over the centuries, the religious rite may have morphed into the superstitious knock that acknowledges luck and keeps it going. I love that. Yeah. You and I are both uh, kind of nature worshippers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love a good tree. Oh, I love a tree. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, History.com had this to say. Uh, in the book The Lore of the Playground, a folklorist, Steve Roud, traces the practice to 19th century children's games, one in particular called Tiggy Touchwood. <laughs> it was a... Tiggy Touchwood? Tiggy Touchwood. You guys want to play Tiggy Touchwood? No. No. No, I don't. It was a type of tag in which players were immune from being caught whenever they touched a piece of wood, such as a door or tree. Yeah. Does that ring a bell to you? Yeah, what the hell is it called? Is it TV tag or something? What? Something like that. I remember playing a game like that. Yes, where it was like I was just thinking that. You're in the safe zone or yes. you're touching a certain thing that makes you immune I to I loved the... whatever that game is. It was Tiggy Touchwood. It was Tiggy Touchwood, huh? It was our American bastardized version of Tiggy <laughs> Touchwood. But no, I remember loving that game. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, played yeah. it a lot. Um, <clears throat> given that the game was concerned with protection and was well-known to adults as well as children, it's almost certainly the origin of our modern superstitious practice of saying, touch wood, knock on wood. Yeah. Uh, The claim that the latter goes back to when we believed in tree spirits is complete nonsense. Okay. Yeah. All right. But Um, I like it. So it might be a kid's I feel like I'm I'm just like one gentle push away from paganism. Sounds great. I'm I'm so down with all the concepts. I know. So am I. Yeah. they, They feel like they make a sort of natural amount of sense. It, t- it totally does to me. I, I can't lie to you. I can't think of them off the top of my head. But anytime I read stuff, I'm like, yeah, yeah I absolutely. This is great. Is, like, I wouldn't believe that there's a god in a tree. Well, but that. I would believe yeah, in like, yeah, yeah. honoring nature. And I, I would be more... I would be more yes. inclined to be connected to nature spiritually than anything yeah. else. That's yeah. the thing. It just makes so much sense because nature is so insane. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, it is. I'm constantly marveling at like dumb things i see a picture of a caterpillar i'm like how is this possible i can't i can't deal with it i know i, I mean the amount of times that i've walked outside and caught Kristen crying staring <laughs> at a beautiful tree i mean I... <laughs> <laughs> we have documents i do talk about the beauty of trees a lot in my personal life <laughs> so <laughs> ryan can attest to that all right so here's the final one number mm-hmm. number five and this is one that uh i think you and i have both encountered uh-huh. i for sure had one uh-huh lucky rabbit's foot yes which is so Weird. Very weird. They sold them at like a store in the mall. I specifically remember at the Danbury Mall, like buying a Lucky Rabbit's foot from like kind of like a weird like Spencer's esque kind of store. They were everywhere. So and I weird. remember that some of them were the fur was dyed blue, yes, purple, yes. yellow, green. Yep. Whatever. I think I had at one point a green one and also like a magenta one. Yeah, I think I had one on like a keychain yep. hanging from my backpack. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, that I just for a while I was like, oh, it's a Lucky Rabbit's foot, but I almost thought that it was like. That was just the a uh, uh, cutesy name for this thing. <laughs> yeah. So it was just like a puffy thing. And I distinctly remember sorting through the fuzz and finding toenails. I and being know. like, Oh, my God. It's actually a rabbit's foot. Yes, it is. Yeah. 
I have not seen one in a long time. I haven't either, rightly so. It's so strange to me that that was just an accepted, like, thing that you'd have in yeah. a novelty store. Like, just a strange totem for Very. good luck to have. You rub the lucky rabbit's foot. Ugh. But here's the thing. Yeah. Not any rabbit foot will do. Oh. Kristen, there's a whole process to this. It is the left hind foot of a rabbit that is used that is useful as a charm. So oh God, that means they four. had to take even more rabbit's feet. Except you than... know, there was some unscrupulous merchant. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Who was who was like, I'll chop off yeah, all the Yeah, sure, feet. this is a left hind corner or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Not only just a left hind foot will do though. There, okay. there are other things. The rabbit must have been shot or otherwise captured in a cemetery. Kind of love that. Coming around? Yeah, coming, coming around. around. All right. Okay. All right. I'm starting to dig this. Somebody give me a rabbit's foot. Third, according to some sources, not any left hind foot of a rabbit caught in a cemetery will do. Wow. The phase of the moon is also <sighs> important. Loving it. Loving it. Some authorities say that the rabbit must be taken in a full moon, while others insist that the rabbit must be taken during a new moon. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, some sources instead- Both potent times. Yeah, it's true. Uh, some people say that it has to be done on a Friday, a rainy Friday, Friday the 13th. Wow. Uh, some say, oh, boy, hide your rabbits today, yeah, exactly. then. Oh, my God, get bun Wait, bun is it, inside. Is it today this comes out, Friday the 13th that comes out, or no, the week before? I feel like I'm forgetting something. <gasps> bun bun! It's <laughs> my Home Alone parody. Guide to the Unknown, hashtag Home Alone parody. Share it with your friends. <laughs> it's good. Uh, some people say that the rabbit must have been shot with a silver bullet. Uh, some people say that the foot like must vampire. have been cut off while the rabbit was still alive. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, you lost me. You had me and you lost me. I know. I know. The various rituals suggested by sources uh, share a common element of the uncanny and a reverse of what is considered good omens. Uh, a rabbit is an animal into which shape-shifting witches can transform. Yeah. Sound familiar? Yes, it does. We're talking about that with black cats Yeah, last baby. Yeah. Uh, they say that witches uh, were active at times of the full and new moon. Mm -hmm. However, sometimes if you could not get a rabbit, there was also a stand-in, which I find very confusing. It was uh, in, there's a song called, um, this is all, by the way, this is all practices of hoodoo. Yeah. So there's a song called Hoochie Coochie Man. Okay. Where he mentions a black cat bone along with his mojo. Mojo bag? (laughs) Whatever. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all are artifacts in hoodoo magic. So that's part of the connection between black cats and witches again. But yeah. it also seems like black cat bone yeah. can be a stand-in if you don't have huh. the bone of, uh, of a, a rabbit. Of a rabbit. There, um, there's a rabbit in the Vivitch, right? In, in the, the witch. Maybe. Yeah. I think there is. I think in the woods like something happens and there's like a spooky rabbit. Interesting. I'm 99% sure. Could be. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, dust from a good person's grave keeps evil away. Dust from a sinner's grave is used for more nefarious magic. Cool. Yep. Uh, so can by dust do they do, do mean sorry do they mean just literal actual dust like you could like kind of like dust some stuff off of the um, gravestone? Yeah, I don't know. Not like body it dust. Did, yeah, you know I, mean? I don't know that I. Yeah, I didn't read it as being like it has to be like the the dusty bod. Yeah. 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 I like that. That's cool. It seems like there are a lot of things about just like the site of a grave. Anyway, yeah, right? I know. Like, I really, I really like that. The earth on which you are interred uh-huh. is given special, you know. Yeah. I don't know. Significance. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the rabbit's foot is dried out and preserved and carried around by gamblers Ooh. and other people who believe it will bring them luck. Uh, rabbit's feet, either authentic or imitation, are frequently sold by curio shops and vending machines. <laughs> vending machines. Yeah, right next to the Cheetos. Yeah. 
Often these rabbit's feet have been dyed various colors, and they are often turned into keychains. Yep, yep. Uh, all right, so here we go. This is this is very weird. President Theodore Roosevelt wrote in his autobiography that he had been given a gold-mounted rabbit's foot by John L. Sullivan, as well as a pen holder made by Bob Fitzsimmons out of a horseshoe. Okay. <laughs> uh, an, a 1905 anecdote also tells that Booker T. Washington and Baron Ladislaus Hengelmuller... wow e Kazawi, What? <laughs> Baron Ladislaus Hengelmuller. Wow, what a name. He what was a the name. Ambassador from Austria. Yeah. They got their overcoats confused when they were both at the White House to speak with President Roosevelt. The ambassador noticed that the coat he had taken was not his when he went to the pocket searching for his gloves and instead found, quote, the left hind foot of a graveyard rabbit killed in the dark of the moon. Wait, wait, wait. wait whose coat did he get? He got the coat of Booker T. Washington. Overcoat, excuse me. Overcoat, yeah. That's. Awesome. Yeah. Is Booker T. Washington who invented the peanut or like discovered the peanut? No. George Washington Carver. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I say, it brought him great luck. We wouldn't have Skippy without that rabbit's foot. I shall call it Skippy. Yeah, that graveyard rabbit's foot. And I made foot. it in a Jeff. Yeah. God. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> In addition to being mentioned in blues lyrics a lot, the rabbit's foot is mentioned in the American folk song, Oh, There Will Be a Hot Time in the Old, old Town, town tonight. tonight. Uh, is that a song? Yeah, it's a real song. That's what it's called? There'll be a, old, there will hot, be a hot time in the Old Town tonight. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. Uh, one line goes, And you've got a rabbit's foot to keep away the hoodoo. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, humorist R.E. Shea is credited with the witticism, Depending on the rabbit's foot, depend on the rabbit's foot, if you will. But remember, it didn't work for the rabbit. That's a very good witticism, right? Yeah, I, I feel like that's a wonderful yeah. line. Yeah, it's good luck. For, good luck for you. It was bad luck for that rabbit. Yeah, even just being a rabbit, evidently. Don't. Yes, yeah, seriously. Yeah. Oh, but also, I love the idea that that ambassador was like, he wasn't just like, yeah, I found a rabbit's foot in the pocket. He's right, like, he found, I found the left hind foot of a rabbit who was killed in a cemetery at the height of the moon. Yes, <laughs> like wow. Took a long time to say. And how that. do you know? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I guess he you're was right. just assuming. I guess. Well, it must have been. He was like, a... that's the best kind of rabbit's foot. And Booker T. Washington is a man of distinction. It's the best kind. He's not gonna have a crappy rabbit's foot. He must have been familiar enough with the idea of the lucky True. rabbit's foot to to spit out all that jargon. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. So there you go. Those are five popular superstitions for today, as you're hearing this. That rules. Friday the thirteenth. That's right. The final Friday the 13th of the year 2018. Yeah, so be on the lookout for all of those things and either engage with them or don't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, I learned that uh, ladders, mm -hmm. it's bad luck to walk under them yep. because they are the sign of the Trinity. They are triangles. Oh, cool. When a ladder is leaning against a wall. Uh -huh. uh, and it was like a thing with like the ancient Egyptians that it was like, yeah, it, because it resembled the triangle and they worshiped the triangle or something like that. It was like a, huh. yeah, whatever. Was it like disrespecting the triangle to walk through it or something? Yeah, something yeah. like that. And so you were like asking for bad luck for yourself. Yeah. Umbrellas are bad luck inside right? mm -hmm. uh, because they're used to protect against like storms or whatever. So you're yeah. almost like calling a storm on yourself yeah. by opening it. Oh, I like but that. But there are some people that say like, well, no, original umbrellas mm -hmm. were like really crazy to hold. Oh. And so if you open an umbrella... 
literal, you'd have bad luck because you'd probably knock stuff off your shelves yeah. and stuff. And so it became, over the course of time, just a sign of bad luck. <laughs> a couple of bonuses for you. That's I didn't put awesome. them in here because they weren't, I don't think they really deserved their they own. They were shorties. Yeah, exactly. Well, they were bits and bobs. Bits and bobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely right. Sweet. Um, yeah. Well, but- thank you guys so much for coming to sit around our little campfire with us. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I think that we are now at the end, once again, of another episode of Guide to the Unknown. Mm -hmm. So thank you all so much for tuning in. We hope that you learned a little something tonight about Agatha Christie, about About what not to do. About what to do superstitions yeah and if you want to learn even more you can follow us on all of our social media at gttu pod we post little like scary stories and things like that well it's not scary stories but like news stories of a creepy nature all throughout the week so you can get get in on that on um facebook instagram and twitter that's right you can also check out our private facebook group uh, you can talk to other people who listen to the show and watch the show in there. Talk to us yep. in the chat. Mm-hmm. Uh, we always have people requesting to join. We always approve yeah. them immediately. Yeah. There's nothing you have to do. No hoops to jump through. No, nope, there's no secret password. Just come on in. Just come have a good time. Yep. Um, you can also check us out on Patreon. Yes. If you'd like to donate a little something back to the show, mm-hmm. look up uh, uh, Guide to the Unknown in the Patreon app or go to patreon.com slash pod. Yep. Send us your stories about actual yes. paranormal encounters that you've had in your life. Uh, email gttupod at gmail.com to get those mm-hmm. stories to us. We might do a, a future episode where we share everybody's stories. Yeah, we would love to get those stories and even um, suggestions for things that you think would be cool for us to cover on the show. By all means, send us to that through that email or any social media. We'll get it. Yeah. And as always, please consider telling your friends about this show. Uh, we greatly appreciate it. We love it when we have new listeners. Yeah. Um, Check out iTunes. Give us a review on there. If you Mm -hmm. enjoyed this show, help other people find us. Tell everybody what you think. Yes. Uh, And yeah, I think other than that, if you want to talk to Kristen and I online, you can follow us. That's right. I'm at Chillin' Kristen on Instagram. I'm at Haunted Sponge. So we will see you next time for another terrifying, tantalizing tale from the world of darkness. I was wondering where that was going. It was going nowhere. But until then, we must travel. I think it was going to the netherworld. Back there, go we. Bye. Bye.